0: You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. A life with Jesus entails living a life of righteousness. Discover God's righteousness in this message by Pastor Ayal Marquez. Today we are on our second week of our uh, series entitled Indeed. Can we say that word with me? Indeed. Okay, medyo pagka-British accent ng dapat, di ba? And so, uh, this is really a study on the book of John. And for those of you who missed out on last week's preaching, don't worry, we are available on podcast. We do have what we call our Victory Alabang app, and you can uh, download that. It's for free. And if you have an iPhone, you can download that and you can listen to your podcast. We upload the podcast, I think, on Monday afternoon, if not early Tuesday morning. And so if you missed out on that Sunday, you can go ahead and uh, listen And catch up with our series. In fact, I think the series that are uploaded there are, it's good for like two years or one and a half years. And so if you miss out the series last Christmas, you can go and uh, visit that podcast and just review our preaching then. Okay. All right. So this is a four-week series on uh, Indeed. It's basically talking about living in the light. Okay. How many of you uh, remember the preaching last Sunday? Okay, we are called to live in the light. The next week, we're going to be talking about living in righteousness. Next week, we're going to be talking about living in love. And the last week, we're going to be talking about living in victory. So today, we're going to be focusing on living in righteousness. Now, how many of you believe that you are righteous before God? Can you please raise your hand? Maybe some of you think, Talaga ba? You know, am I really worthy? Am I really called by God to be righteous? But if you are saved, and if you believe in the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross, and you put your, if you put your faith in the Lord, you are righteous in His sight. Okay, when God looks at us, look at the person beside you, and tell the person, you are righteous in God's sight. Now, how many of you, okay, let me ask you this question again. How many of you are righteous? Please raise your hand. Okay, medyo dumami. Okay, ng konti. Yung iba... All right? you still don't want to raise your hand because maybe you know this is not a trick question by the way because when we say that we are righteous we're not bragging about what we do I know that yes we're saved and you know we are called to walk in righteousness but how many of you will agree with me that sometimes we fail mas marami yon now how many of you fail from time to time now please raise your hand if you don't raise your hand, that means that you are perfect, okay? And you're about to see the Lord already because you're perfect. <laughs> Only perfect people see the Lord, okay? And so I believe all of us were called to walk in righteousness, yet there are times that we fail. Have you ever asked the question, why is that? You know, if God indeed saved me, if we are new creations in Christ, how come? There are still some temptation that I give into. How come you know? Some of sometimes my motives are not as pure as they should be. Sometimes my thought life is filled with trash. Are we here this afternoon? Tell the person beside you, and tell that person he's not talking about you. Okay, he's talking about me. Okay. I think all of us go through this. You know, we, we are called to live a life of holiness and righteousness, yet we fail many times. And, you know, today we're going to be looking at how is it that we can live a life of righteousness. So, I, I want to invite everyone to stand up and uh, we're going to be reading from First John chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, go and turn there. Maybe you have a digital Bible that's big enough instead of reading here in front, uh, or you may have a regular Bible with you. So we're going to be reading from chapter 2, verse 28, and then jump to first, uh, sorry, uh, chapter 3 to verse 9. And now, dear children, continue in Him so that when He appears, we may be confident and unashamed before Him at His coming. If you know that He is righteous... You know that everyone who does what is right has been what? Born of Him. So we're talking about children here. And it says in verse 1, How great is the love of the Father has lavished on us that we should be called what? Children of God. How many children of God are here today? Please raise your hand. Okay. It is not you who called yourself children of God. It's God Himself who called us children of God. Isn't that Amazing. It's the love of God. Come on, give the Lord praise. It's the love of God that He has lavished on us. You know what lavished means? Lavish, lavish. Walang Lavish, lavish. Sobra, sobra. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him first. The reason why maybe some of you, when you go to your office, the world or your office might think you are buku, crazy, or weird, you know, you're walking a path of righteousness, you're walking a path of integrity, and they might look at you as, you're weird. The reason why the world does not know us is because it did not know Him. We may be weird in the world, but we are definitely children of God in the eyes of Him. Amen. In verse 2, it says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known but we know that when he appears we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure everyone who sins breaks the law in fact sin is lawlessness but you might know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins and in him is no sin verse 6 no one and say no one No one who lives in Him continues on sinning or keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known Him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of what? Of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Last verse, no one who is born of God, and that's all of us, will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Father, we thank you so much for our time this afternoon. We thank you, Lord God, that you will illuminate your word. You have given us this revelation, this revealed word, uh, word, Lord God, in the New Testament. I thank you, God, that you will illuminate it right now. Speak to us. Open up our spiritual ears to hear what the voice, the Spirit of God is saying to us as a church and as individuals, as children of God. We thank you, Lord God. We welcome you in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. You may all be seated. Okay, just to give you a quick background again. This letter was written to believers, to the saints, to the Christians, to people who put their trust in the Lord. And this was written by the Apostle John. In fact, the Apostle John, just to give you know, I believe that most of you heard what I uh, said last week. But he wrote three major letters or three major, uh, you know, literature. First was the Gospel of John. Of course, he, he wrote that, and that talked about what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Okay? Uh, you know, that talks about our justification because of, uh, you know, because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. This book of 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John talks about our sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. That we are being sanctified by God. Yes, we have been saved, but yet we are still being made perfect. How many of you know that we are going to heaven? Please raise your hand. Okay. How many of you want to go right now? Not yet, right? Not yet. Okay. We're going to heaven. That's our destination. Right? But yet, on our way there, we are work in progress. We are being perfected. We are being sanctified. There's a part of us that needs cleansing. There's a part of us that needs changing. There's a part of us that needs transforming every single day. Do you agree with me on that? But thought life, speech. How many of you some you know would agree with me that sometimes God still needs to change the way you speak? The way you think? The way you look at people, the way you, sometimes the way we judge people. Bakit siya? You know. Green sapatos, orange pants, yellow shirt, and blue cap. You know, you know, it's it's like the colours of the rainbow, you know. And sometimes we, we we're quick to judge people, you know, and, and you know, we, we can't help it because we're still struggling inside of us with our old nature, though we're saved. And, you know, just very quickly, the, what was saved is the spirit that we have. We're tripartite beings. We're made of three parts, right? What are those three parts? Spirit, soul, and body. How many of you have a body? Okay, please check your neighbor if they have a body that they brought here to the church, okay, to the service. Okay, we have bodies here, okay? Now, the spirit is the one that was justified. That's perfect. Okay, God breathed life in our spirit the moment we got saved. But the soul part, your mind, your will, your emotion needs sanctification. Every single day it's being sanctified. In the future, when we finally will die, and all of us will die, by the way, Okay, our bodies, the third part, will be glorified. We will be changed into the image of Christ. That's why we, we saw that when you see Him someday, when He comes back, okay, you will see Him as it is, and you will be like Him. How many of you are like Jesus already? Okay, you look at the person beside you, you that person, you are becoming more like Christ. Okay? The more you look like Christ, the nearer you are to see Him. <laughs> but, you know, we're focusing on the now. And First and, and John, you know, speaks of the sanctification process that we now have as believers. Later on, John wrote the book of Revelation, which is a revelation of our glorification. So it's interesting that John spoke of being justified by the cross. Sanctified now, the finishing work of Christ, and we will soon be glorified when we see Him face to face. Now, I want to focus on the very first verse that we have read, and it says, And now, dear children, it says what? Continue in Him. You know, don't just stagnate in your walk with God, don't just stay on status quo. Continue. What do you mean by continue? It's progressive. It means that you're walking daily with Him. It means that you're enjoying His presence. It's me, it means that you are taking a walk. You're not just standing. You're continuing with God. How many of you would like to continue in Him? Don't just stand there. Walk. Walk with God. It's a process. Don't, you know, sometimes you would feel frustrated. Lord, why is this thing happening you know, with my, my business, with my family, with my relationships, with my grades? guess what? God is not done with us yet. He is going to perfect us. The important thing is that we continue in Him. Don't ever give up. Tell your neighbor, don't give up. Never, ever, ever give up. Continue. Laban lang. If you fall, stand up and walk again. If you fall again, if you stumble, stand up again and continue. So that when, we, when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Remember, when you talk about righteousness, righteousness is a direction, not just a destination. God is wanting to purify us. And as you, know, I, I believe that many times we do things that we think is right, but really, in the eyes of God, is not right. How many of you can relate to me on that? You think you said the thing that's right, but yet, it hurts other people. I just told him naman that he's got bad breath. <laughs> Speak the truth in love. Bro, do I have bad breath? Bro, wala. lie. wala ako? Buti ka pa, meron. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Speak the truth in love. Where did that come from? Anyway, righteousness is a direction. It's actually a way towards, you know, towards God. It's not just, you know, an ultimate destination. We are getting there. Some of us are going there faster than others, but definitely we are walking there together. You know, sometimes we feel that we're the finalists of the voice, but in reality, God is the one who digitally masters us the way we live our lives is kind of like that you know we can fail but we have a gracious God amen who cleans up after our mess amen can we just give the Lord a hand another thing I want to talk about is this word already but not yet how many of you have heard of this word already everybody say already but not yet it's a contradictory, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a paradox. You're saying already, but not yet. You know, this is what you call, uh, you know, the a kingdom theology. But the kingdom of God is already here. You know, when, the Apostle, when, when John the Baptist came, he was declaring, he was preaching a message of repentance, and he said, the kingdom of God is near. And then when Jesus came, it's basically him ushering the kingdom of God. When he died on the cross, when he was buried, When he was raised up from the dead, guess what? The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is already, how many of you, the kingdom of God is where we're living right now? We are in the kingdom of God. How many of you believe that? Okay, some of you are not convinced. Okay. We are in the kingdom of God. How many of you have eternal life? Please raise your hand. You don't have eternal life when you die. You start having eternal life while you're living here on earth. But we live in a fallen world. Yet, when you say the kingdom of God is here, but yet, have you you ever wondered if the kingdom of God is here, why is it that we still go through sickness? Why is it that we still struggle through sin? With sin, rather. Why is it that we still have some sufferings and pain and calamity? Have you ever wondered about that? Or no, you don't wonder about that? (laughs) If, If the kingdom of God is indeed with us, and if we're saved already, and if we, are, we have everything we need in life and Godliness, then why are we going through such things? You know, just personally, you probably know my story. When I lost my son 10 years ago, we struggled with that. It's a reality. How many of you sometimes struggle with sickness, even if you are born again? If you're a Christian, please raise your hand. Sometimes we still have that. But yet He promised by His stripes, we are healed. It's already here, but not yet. It's already here and you can enjoy the things of the kingdom, but not yet. And when you talk about not yet, what this means is it hasn't been fully consummated yet. That finally when Jesus comes back, you know, Revelation 19, when He comes back one day, He's going to rule and reign here on earth. Guess what? His kingdom will be fully utilized and the whole fulfillment will be there. Okay, We will no longer have sick. When that time comes, there will be no more sickness, no more death, no more suffering, no more pain, no more problems, no more you know, hurt, no more deaths, no more problems. How many of you would like that? Amen. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is total peace. The kingdom of God is Jesus ruling and reigning uh, in our, not only in our hearts, but ruling and reigning here on this world. Already, but not yet. Tell the person beside you, already, but not yet. Tell the person, I'm saved already, but I'm not yet perfect. And this is where we find the concept of, yes, we are complete in Christ, but yet God is still finishing His work in us. Already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. So remember that the next time you think about, you know, how Lord, why is this? Yeah, you're already saved. Yes. But you're not yet perfect. We are being made perfect. That's why in verse 3 it says, Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. It's a daily thing. We still go to Him. Lord, purify me. Confessing ours. Remember, we continue to confess our sins to Him on a regular basis. If you fail, you go back to God. Confess. And God will restore us. It's a, it's a relationship that we will nurture. Last week we talked about living in the light and we answered the question, How? Today, we're going to be talking about living in righteousness, and we're going to be answering the question, why? We don't want to just tell you, you know, you're saved now, go live and be righteous. We want to be able to tell you, why is that? You know, it's like going to the doctor. How many of you sometimes go to the doctor and ask for a diagnosis, right? If you feel some pain in your stomach, right? And then the doctor will tell you to do something, okay, I want you to cough, (coughs) Cough more. <coughs> okay, your problem is cough. You know, and you know, it's, you know, I'm just joking about it. But you know, of course, the doctor does that. If you're a doctor, I'm not mocking you. Okay, but the doctor, before he gives us a medicine, he would first do a thorough diagnosis, because you know, giving medicine without proper diagnosis means malpractice. So we want to teach you right now. You know yeah you're just you're not just going to swallow this spill of righteousness but we're going to tell you why can we live righteous before the Lord why can we be righteous let's go to the first one how great is the love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are first reason why you and I can live righteous is because you and I are children of God you are God's children Tell the person beside you, you are a child of God. And I hope when you hear that, you're convinced that you are a child of God. You may not look like one, but you are already, but not yet. Maybe your husband or your wife would not agree with you when you say, I am a child of God. Really? More like you are from the other side, you know, but... But really, we're, you know, if you, it's not about us being perfect now, but as long as we are in the general direction, we're walking with God. And daily we are abiding with Him. We are continuing in Him. We are children of God. How can we become children? John chapter 1 explains who are the children of God. He said, Yet to all who received Him and to those who. Believe those who receive Him and those who believe in His name. He gave the right to become children of God. How many of you received Jesus? How many of you believe in His name? You're a child of God. Congratulations. Welcome to His family. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. Now, I am a parent. And sometimes, you know, as parents, we have plans for our family. You do family planning, right? How many of you did that? Have you tried family planning? The more you plan, the more children you have, right? That's how it goes, okay? The more you... (laughs) Anyway. And this is born out of a husband's will. You know, you talk about it. When do we want to have kids? Okay, let's give it two years, right? or you know natural descent you know you 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 come from the you know the same lineage but yet when you talk about being a child of god you are simply born of god that's it go, let's go back to being a child of god verse 1 it says how great is the love that the father has lavished on us great you know there's no proper english word that can describe The Greek word of great. When the Apostle John was writing this great, one particular commentator was explaining, What do you mean by great? You know, do you have any other synonym for great? What's another synonym for great? Superb. Excellent. What? Amazing, right? Awesome, right? Ozum. But really, if you're talking about great, this writer was saying there's no description for the greatness of the love of God that he has lavished upon his children. You know, a while ago, while we were worshiping here and just having communion, thanks to the Apostle John, the <laughs> no, Pastor John, who was sharing very vividly what Christ did on the cross, I can't help but just, you know, almost shed tears just in appreciation for the love of God that He has given us and lavished on us. There's no words. In fact, what He said was, this great means out of this world. There's no description on this planet that can actually satisfy the greatness of His love for us fathers. Would you do what God did? Would you actually sacrifice your only son so that your enemy... Can be saved. How many of you do that? No way, right? But He did it for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Great is the love that the Father has lavished on us. And this is not about having rituals, it is about relationships. And God has called you and me to enter into a relationship with Him. The reason why we tell you read your Bible. It's not so that you can focus on the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter twenty. You know, do not commit adultery. Do not sin. Do not do this. Keep the Sabbath holy. You know, do not steal. You know, do not lie. You know, do not covet your neighbor's goods. You know, do not covet your neighbor's wife. You know, it's it's not about rituals. It's not about rules because rules without relationships can actually lead to rebellion and religiosity. God has not called us just so that we can follow rules. God called us and made us sons and daughters so that he can have a relationship with us. Are we getting it this afternoon? God wants to nurture, God wants to spend time with you. You know, it's the loving kindness of God that leads us to repentance. That's found in Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It says, God's loving kindness draws us to Him, and leads us to repentance. It's His love. You know, last night I was talking about, you know, when I was uh, spending time with my daughters, we were just talking about the the Word, and, you know, the story that came was the story of Samuel, how he heard God. God. How, How many of you will agree with me that God wants to speak to us? Do you agree? God wants to speak to His children. How many of you parents would love to spend time with your children? I long to spend time with all my girls. That's the desire of every parent, to communicate. I believe that God wants to speak to us today. But if you, on a daily basis, would cultivate this and nurture your relationship with God, can you imagine, even before you go to your office tomorrow, you're seeking God for a small uh, part of your day, and God speaks to you. And when God speaks, how many of you know that God speaks an encouragement, comfort, and something that's positive all the time? He will not tell you, wala kang kwentang bata ka. Ikaw talaga, you're no good. You're a sinner. I hate you. You will never hear God say that. But normally, when God would speak, it's always positive. It's something that builds us up. It's something that will encourage you and you know, get you through for the day. Amen. It's the love of God that He lavished on us that we will be called children of God why can we be righteous we are God's children secondly verse 8 it says the reason the son of God appeared was to what destroy the devil's work now if you can recall in John chapter 10 verse 10 this basically highlights what the devil does to us the enemy comes to what steal kill and destroy the job description of the enemy is skd Steal from us, kill our dreams, destroy the very purpose that God has for us. But yet that verse did not end there. And the Son of Man came to give us life and life to the full. But there's another reason why Jesus, the Son of God, appeared. It's to what? To destroy the devil's work. And we're talking about the power of sin over our lives. Guess what? The reason why... The Apostle John can say, continue in Him. Don't sin uh, anymore. You know, anyone who's born of God does not continue sinning. It's because of this. Because Jesus finally destroyed the work of the enemy at the cross. Amen. And that's exactly, that's it. It's done. It's finished. When he said, it is finished. The debt has been paid for. I destroyed the power of sin over your life. He destroyed the power of sin. You know, uh, about, I think about a couple of years ago, we had some uh, minor problem with termites, okay? Not in the house, but about to. You know, we, I noticed that in the tree that Shirley planted in the backyard is a big mound, okay? So we thought it was an anthill, but really it was a colony of termites. And how many of you have had experience of term- with termites in your home? Termites are deadly, right? Not deadly, not you, but they they destroy homes. You know, you look at your home; it's intact, but in reality, the termites are eating your home slowly. You have, you seem to have the walls still, you know, in, yeah, the, the, the walls are still sturdy, but in reality, the inside of the house might be something like this. And you know, when we know, when I notice that there are like flying things, and I, I realize that these are not Flying ants, these are flying or winged termites. And so we tried, you know, uh, using uh, pesticides. In fact, there was also a treatment that we did. Uh, And still, you know, we we see that from time to time. You know, there's no major termite in in our house, but there's like a beginning of termites. And we saw that mound. I asked our uh, village gardener to help me find the queen termite that lives inside that mound. Because you may do all the pesticide and all the whatever medicine that you want, but if the queen still lives, she will continue to reproduce termites. Guess what? They found not one, but two. They took it out. It's like 30 times or 25 times the size of a normal termite. Big, huge. Ooh! I'm not gonna show you the picture right now. No, no, not do that. We're not gonna do that. We're gonna have dinner later, okay? But we realize that once you destroy the queen, there's no more termites. When I checked this morning, just to make sure, you know, I can actually say this illustration: the mound is no longer there; it's flat like the regular soil around the tree, because you destroyed the manufacture of termites, which is the queen. He's the she is the one that you know produces termites. And guess what? In the same way, Jesus destroyed the manufacturer of sin in our lives. Amen. On the cross, He destroyed that already. It's done. It's finished. He destroyed the power of sin over your life. You can actually say no to sin. Do you know that? That's why you know this song. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's true. But sometimes I struggle with that. It's true, but yet, realize this. The reason why you can walk in righteousness is because the power of sin is no longer there. You can actually constantly obey God. And I want to just show you this. Uh, these are three Latin words. Don't mind the Latin words. This is just meant to help us understand what we were, what we are now, and what we will be. Before, when we were sinners, the description of your relationship with sin, this is actually written by uh, St. Augustine of, uh, of Hippo. He's, he's uh, the Bishop of Hippo. Okay? And so he wrote, these are the relationships of sin with man. Okay? Everybody say, nan pose nan picare. What does that mean? It means not able to not sin. After the fall of Adam, because sin entered mankind, guess what? You have children, as young and as cute as they are. There is a sinful nature. They will already have the propensity to sin even at a young age. Because that nature is their passed down from Adam. So not able to not sin was a description of our situation before we found the Lord. But guess what? Now that we are saved, now that we are born again, now that we are reborn and regenerated, it's now pose non pecare. It means able not to sin. God has given you the power of choice and the power to say no to sin. That's why in Titus it said, He has given it the grace of God that appeared to all men, teaches us to say no. Everybody say no. No, no to ungodliness and worldly passion. Able not to sin. And the future holds for us, this is when we will be perfect. This is when Jesus appears. This is when Jesus will come and give us our glorified body. And this is non pose pecare, which means not able to sin. It says it is impossible to sin anymore when that time comes because you're perfect. Right now, you are able not to sin. God has given you the ability to say no. To say yesterday, I was uh, driving with Pastor Jansen from the fort because we had a meeting with some of the pastors. And on our way, we took C5. After I uh, pulled out of the gas station, I just uh, put some gas. Pulled out of the gas station towards C5. Lo and behold, there's a Toyota Corolla that just went speedily in front of me. Cut me. Frum. And did not even signal, did not even, you know, say sorry, you know. But it, it was just vroom! And I, I almost bumped into that car. If I was still in this non-pose, non-picare, my old life, you know what I would have done? I would have said a curse, maybe not just once, with all the exclamation points. I'd probably have given him the finger. I don't know, guess. Be creative. Guess which finger. (laughs) And I would have actually chased him and cut him as well because he did that to me. Not able to not sin. If that was before. But because God has given us the ability to not to sin. Now that we are reborn, How many of you know that God can actually help us overcome the temptation to say, and I actually did that. I just said, "Mm." (laughs) I almost, you know, but I said, it's not worth it. I'm just going to drive. Able not to sin. Now, let me have a confession with you. How many of you appreciate your pastor, to be honest? Sometimes we fail. I went home this lunchtime to have lunch at home. I normally pick up my family for this service, and they attend two services. And so, because I was just so tired the whole week, I decided to take a short nap. And as I was taking a nap, my two cute little girls were fighting. And they were shouting at the top of their voice. And one of the rules in my house is I told Andrea, the youngest, I don't want you shouting because she is the stronger one. Stronger in terms of personality and she is very highly competitive. And so I told her not to bully her older sister. <laughs> because she's bigger in size and, you know, she's, she has a louder voice. But I was sleeping and how many of you have ever had that time? when you're deep in your sleep and you were awakened because of a commotion, just like Jesus when he was sleeping in the boat, when the disciple remember that time? Wow. You know, I had, you know, I woke up and I was just so mad. I was, I'm honest with you, okay? I was so mad. I could actually punch a hole through our wall, wall. And I was actually like, do not need help. We to And I called my youngest Andrea. Come here, you know. I was actually asked. I was mad, and I think I actually hurt her feelings. This happened about a couple of hours ago. Appreciate my honesty. Able not to see. But sometimes, I'm kind of like that woman. I'm singing that song and God is the one fine-tuning me. And I had to go back to Andrea and call her and as a father. I know it's difficult for a father to say sorry to the youngest child. I had to humble myself and say, Andrea, I'm sorry for shouting at you. I didn't mean to do it. Will you forgive daddy? Oh, sure, daddy. That's no problem. (laughs) (laughs) lang I'm saying this to you because we are all subject to this every single day. We're not perfect. God's still changing us. We're works in progress. But one thing is clear. It's all about relationships. And as you pursue the fixing of those relationships, first with God, then with your family, and with others, it's going to be a great, great world after all. Not a small world, but a great world. And the last point I want to share is in verse 9, it says, No one who is born of God will continue to sin. How many of you are born of God again? Born again, Christian, saved, right? No one who is born of God will continue to sin. We're not doing this habitually, but sometimes we fail. Because God's seed remains in Him. The reason why we can walk in righteousness is because God's seed is in us. The seed of righteousness, a seed... Represents DNA. When you have a seed, you know that seed will actually be planted and it will bear the same fruit of the plant, right? He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Now, I have this very quickly as an illustration. Yesterday, somebody gave us jackfruit in Tagalog, Lankha. Okay. And uh, my wife and my uh, helper cleared out all the seeds of the langka. So I said, I'm going to use that tomorrow as an illustration. It's perfect. okay? So I have all these seeds of a langka. If you look at the seeds of a jackfruit, this is a small seed, right? But everything that a jackfruit needs to become a tree is all in this seed. Do you know that? It's amazing just looking at the seed. It's one seed, but it represents many seeds and Maybe many trees. That's the miracle of a seed. And it said that God's seed remains in us. It says in Genesis chapter 3, the seed of the woman will defeat the seed of the serpent, or the the offspring of the serpent. And guess what? Jesus is in us. That seed is imperishable. Amen. And you you know, this seed that I have right now will eventually bear... A fruit like this. ta How many of you would like to have this? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> One seed will produce a tree that will bear a lot of jackfruits. And in a jackfruit are a lot of seeds. That's the seed of righteousness in a picture. When God gave you that seed, guess what? Your righteousness is going to spread. It's going to bear much fruit. It's going to bear into a mighty tree, and you're going to bear fruit, and you're going to pass it on every single day. God's seed is actually in us. In fact, even John said this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces what? Many seeds. And the power of the seed really is in the dying more than in the staying inside a container. A seed, when you plant a seed, it has to die first in order for that seed to become a plant. And the next verse is rather interesting. In verse 25, it says, The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What this simply says is, you know, if we are... Since Jesus Christ died for us, we are also to die on a daily basis. We are to lose our life as we follow Jesus. And the promise is those who lose His life will find it. But those who try to you know, embrace His life will eventually lose it. Death is really the beginning of life for a seed. I believe the power of us walking in a righteous path is when we daily decide, I'm going to die. Let my selfishness die. Let my selfish ambition die. Let my pride die. That's the hardest thing to kill, pride. The hardest thing to do is to say sorry when you are mistaken. I know that. Maybe some of you would agree with me on that. It's a dying to self every single day you want to take home a main point, this is our main point as we come to a close. Righteous or a righteous life reflects God's righteousness in us. Let's- we hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts on our website at www.victoryalabang.org, or by downloading the Victory Alabang app on your Apple or Android mobile devices. For updates, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you and stay connected.